Welcome to episode 57 of Pineapples and Thorns. I'm Kat, and with me is Fado. Welcome, Fado. Hey. Got your coffee? Uh, Coke Zero. <laughs> We're doing another another early episode. Uh, welcome to our very special guest today, Trample Damage. Greetings, humans. I also have a Coca-Cola, but mine has a lot of high fructose corn syrup in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to just jump into some CFF news, and then we'll dive right into to the show. Uh, right now, uh, the Rated got to win 400, so congratulations to them. It took a while. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> hey, a- you know what? If it's worth doing, it's worth doing many times. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the, the guests who stuck with us over the multiple wars that it took to get there so oh is that is that a hearty up yours to the people where we didn't get it the first two times <laughs> no, I, I, I felt so bad <laughs> i felt so bad because you know we were, did that really hyped up oh let's get to 50 and then we lost and then we did another one and we lost again and oh the first the first couple matchups were were brutal or brutal yeah. it was it was like you know the kids that play wiffle ball in my backyard against the yankees so it's like really <laughs> yeah so but it's done so win 400 is in the books so and then uh red thorn hit clan level 28 it means nothing but so it meant everything it, it well it scares the opponents you know right when they see that level 28 clan it's like wow these guys are op little do they know <laughs> uh <laughs> Upcoming CFF events. The 69 event is going to be on June 9th, and the TWSS event is on July 7th. So you can register for both of those in the CFF server if you haven't already. Anyone can sign up. Oh, Just join the CFF Anyone 18 Discord. and over, right? We can't countenance you know, <laughs> child clashography here, right? Well, both of those events are, uh, I think, Town Hall 9 to 15. So, so pretty much anybody, as long as you're 18 and over. Right, Plato? Indeed, indeed. We're we're <laughs> against all forms of child clashography. That's right. Because it, it, it stars out the, the clan chat in-game. So, <laughs> so let's uh, just jump right into our interview with you, Trample. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you start playing Clash of Clans? The clans you've played in? The town hall levels you play? And how many accounts? <laughs> how many accounts? So I, I started playing in 2014. I had a coworker that just came over and he saw I was playing some really stupid collection type game. I mean, imagine Clash of Clans with no attacking and <laughs> very little village development. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm playing this game called Clash of Clans. I was like, oh, that's cool. So I downloaded it and I ended up making, I, I just started a clan right there and he and I join the clan so we could donate troops to each other and then little by little other clan mates like over the course of a week other of our coworkers started joining and uh, my wife and my kids started playing and one of my wife's best friends was playing and her mother-in-law was playing and so like very quickly we had like 20 people in all family and friends and coworkers type of clan called the good guys and that's how it's pronounced it's not pronounced the good guys it's the good guys and uh, <laughs> we it was all, it just, I mean, it was almost, I think we got to about 38 people before we really started having other people join. There were like 38 people that were all just friends or family or coworkers. And that's the clan that I've been in with my main account really ever since, aside from you, know, like, you know, a five minute digression to go jump into another clan or something. But uh, we've, we've had that clan since 2014. 
I I haven't really played like in any other clans. Like you think about like you know you guys have you know like well cats like uh, Red Thorn and. I, I don't have any other clans that I've ever been a part of that were like that, where it's like I would think of myself as a part of their clan. And I have I have every town hall now except for three, four, and five because I got rid of my threes and fours and fives when clan capital came because I used to have two accounts at every town hall level. Oh, wow. uh, I, I left my town hall twos because, you know, they're cool because they have a clan castle because I got them during Hammer Jam. Mm-hmm. And so I left those because I was like, I should really just make these town hall sixes so I can do you know, even more brain damage on the weekend with clan capital, but I left those. Um, the ones that I play the most on are right now. I have, I just like, I go through this when a, a new town hall comes out, like I upgraded both of my 14s when town hall 15 came out. And then I upgraded one of each of my other town halls so that I always had like one max at each town hall level. Plus then I was like working on another one toward max for the next, you know, what will eventually presumably be town hall 16. And so just recently I went through the round of most of those bases made it to max for their town halls. And so the other one that I didn't max before I'm now pushing up as well. So I've been playing more on like my new 13 and my new 12. Um, probably like the last two or three weeks i think is what i've been doing that and i have we have seven clans in the good guys family plus the trample damage clan where i keep my, my 27 accounts um oh. I, have, I, have, I have 29 but i have that there are one of them uh sits at the town hall twos one of them just sits in a, an empty clan that i'll wind up like we're doing an event in the trample damage clan right not an event but you know we're doing a war to get my trample damage clan to level 10 mm-hmm. and uh so I moved all my accounts into this other clan where I have a town hall two hanging out, uh, but some of them, most of them, just get played for clan capital on the weekend, and yeah. So I guess eight clans all together. Oh, I'm starting to think I need to start some more accounts. Oh. <laughs> Are you so, running out of like ways to use the word cat and variations of cat behaviors? I was trying to think of a a new name for my. I have my town hall max town hall eight and it's it's called meow mix and i was thinking i should rename it but i couldn't Why? think of a good cat themed <laughs> well it is cat themed but i was kind of bored with the name so but i i can't think of something good for it right now but that'll come so well, fado how many accounts do you have uh well four i do clan capital on two of them one of them's a max nine that just kind of floats it i don't really play it um i have a, a really super rush 12 that used to be a nine um back when i needed to donate um donate like sieges to myself so i just pushed one way way high real quick and then i have a max 14 and a currently max 15 um oh i mean but then again like with the way clash is working like i mean does that even matter anymore what i should say is well i have one max builder base nine i have another <laughs> builder base nine that's uh max, going to 10 um because really right you know, who cares about main base anymore? <laughs> it's Clash of Builder Base. See, that's the thing. Like, you ask someone, like, what kind of accounts do you have? And no one ever starts with, like, what, what your Builder Base level is, what clan, what clan capital level you are. That's a really good point. I think that's really funny. You know, I, I like a lot of people, I think, for the Builder Base, I always just, you know, I, I used it really just to get auto, except on my main account. My main account, I played to, you know, essentially max it out. And then other accounts, I think I unlocked auto on five other accounts. But like, I don't like the Builder Base that much. Well, I, I didn't like the Builder. I like it more now, but we can talk mm-hmm. about that later. Yeah. I, I never really worried about like playing on the Builder Bases. And 
you know, the ones that I did, it was really just to, you know, get level 18 cannon carts and a giga Tesla. Spam of e-dregs or baby dregs, I should say. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your content creation trample. How did you get into quote unquote content creation and tell us about the types of content you produce? So my son is to blame. Uh, he is 18. He just graduated from high school. So congratulations. My, my clanmates call him mini trample. Um, <laughs> he wanted to do back in early 2019, he wanted to do a YouTube channel that essentially was just like video gameplay and then him having commentary over it. Like I love to talk. We're a very verbose family. And he you know, in the, in his campaign to be allowed to produce YouTube content was talking to my wife and I about how much fun it'll be. And, you know, I won't show my face. And so we, we eventually told him it was okay. And then he shortly after started telling me that I should create, he's like, you know, you're so personable. And, you know, you, I was playing a, a lot of magic, the gathering arena on my laptop at the time, in addition to clash of clans, which, you know, had been a fixture in my life for quite a few years at that point. And he essentially talked me into creating a YouTube channel and, it's like the most, it was the most low effort, terrible content. Like I was just, I use screen recording on my, my iPad or on my iPhone and it literally, the video would start, there's like no intro, nothing, literally just like you'd see the screen recording thing start happening, like the screen swipe down and then me pushing the screen recording button. And then I would just record live talking to my phone with whatever I was doing and then save the video and then just upload it. Like no and the th I didn't have a thumbnail for like the first five or six videos that I posted on YouTube. So it's like whatever YouTube decided to find in the video that I thought would make an interesting thumbnail. And then uh, eventually I, he, he was like, I should, you know, I, I should make thumbnails for you. I was like, no, I don't want this to be your responsibility. So I started <laughs> making thumbnails. Like I look back at the first few thumbnails that I actually made and they look like, I don't know, some kindergarten coloring project <laughs> that, that I made on my computer. And I was, it was uh, just, you know, eventually I, I made like an intro and I eventually got an app that I would use called InShot that I could edit the videos a little bit. But mm. for the most part, it's still low. My, my YouTube content is still just as almost as low effort as it was when I first started. And I was, I was making like one or two videos a week. I still don't show myself at all on there. It's just screen recording and then, you know, the, the haunting and mesmerizing sound of my voice. And I... I got my my son uh, encouraged me to make a TikTok account for the same reason he wanted to make a TikTok account. He's like, you know, you should check it out. And then both my kids were like, oh, you should make one. And the first few videos I made got you know like five or ten thousand views, and they were the kids were floored. They're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And I just kind of kept going with it. And then because I was recording that stuff for TikTok, I started posting it on Instagram because they have their reels, which is like a uh, essentially competition for TikTok. Right. And I continued posting and then eventually I I had Tip Dog ask me to be on his podcast last year in April, I think. It we just met on Reddit. Like he didn't know I'm not not that I'm like somebody important, but like who I was, you know, he he just knew me from some Reddit posts I had made and he asked me to to be on his podcast and then we hit it off and so then he had me on his podcast which eventually ended and then people were like you should do a podcast because you're really cool and i was like you're right i am and so <laughs> i guess you know i recently added that to my to my content creation repertoire so what do you enjoy the most about content creation um i think honestly just interacting with people because i'm i it, it, i'm i'm a very social person i'm also very comfortable in my own skin i'm not one of those social people who 
when others are not around, I find myself sad or lost or you know, wanting for something to do. I'm very comfortable being by myself and doing things on my own, but I also enjoy the interaction. And I think my, my favorite part about it really has just been meeting so many different people and the community. And, you know, whether it's in discord where I met people like you guys and on Reddit where, you know, I met Congressman cool, Rick, uh, he and I have become, uh, very close in game and, uh, you know, we chat outside the game as well. And I think just the the interaction with whether it's the I think fans is probably the right word. I'm, I try to be more humble about stuff like that. People are like, no, 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 we're totally your fans. I'm like, all right, cool. So my fans. So like interacting with fans and other clashers, and it's like you know I don't know. I, I used to love global chat, and global chat went away around the same time that I started making stuff. So it's like I don't know. Content creation became somewhat my new global chat, where you know I can you know talk to people, and that it's just a lot of fun. For sure, yeah, and I, and I do find that the community of content creators is really supportive of each other. So that's really nice. I see even like, you know, when I joined the Clash Files family discord server, I don't even remember why somebody had said, maybe I was, maybe I was going to do one of the events that you guys had, but like, I think it's just really cool what you guys have created because there's so much content that you guys put out, not just in the podcast, but with the, you know, like the events and the community development. And I just feel like those are some of the most important things in the game. And I, I you know, big, big kudos to you guys for putting together this, you know, really cool family of clans that just, it's like a, a big extension of family and game, which is, you know, I, another really nice avenue of the creation of building all that community yeah for sure yeah. uh what are some of the challenges you faced as you started in content creation and is there any advice you could offer to anyone getting started so i think that like for one thing my skills are terrible my, my content creation uh when i i hate thumbnails i really i really do i've actually had times like i actually right now i have a i have a video that i made for youtube i haven't made my thumbnail for it yet I made the video like a week and a half ago. It's been done. And I haven't uploaded a video for probably three weeks, maybe maybe even longer. It's been a while since I actually uploaded something to YouTube. And I haven't made it because I don't want to make the thumbnail. And I even have people that actually <laughs> offer to make thumbnails for me. But I'm like, I hate, I hate thumbnails. <laughs> so it's like, this is, you know, I think about this as like... Um, uh, do you know who Weird Al Yankovic is? He's got a song called First World oh. Problems. So like, to, oh, yeah. to, like, I don't remember which car I drove to the mall. <laughs> it's like, this is for me, like my problems that I have and challenges. For for the most part, it's all been like really stupid ticky tack stuff that other people are like, really? Like, that's what you see as a challenge? That's what you see as a problem for yourself? So, you know, like I making thumbnails has always been something that's been annoying to me. And even because of the way that I do my content on my iPad, I used to have to make the video on my iPad and then I would plug my or I, and then I'd like airdrop it to my phone and then I'd plug my phone into my computer so that I could save the file on my computer or I'd email it to myself on my computer because when I would upload them to YouTube, I would do it. I would do the YouTube upload part on my computer because on there I'd be able to like change the thumbnail and set all the tags on there for you know like whatever people would wind up searching for when they're looking for the content and mm -hmm. that part of it was like really annoying to me and my son was like i'll just do it for you just give me the you know when you're done with the video i'll make the thumbnail and at one point he started making thumbnails for me and people were telling me like i really like your thumbnails now they've gotten way better <laughs> i'm like okay that's that's cool so i would tell my son you know like, hey you did a did a really good job 
I th- I think you came to the right place because uh, on top of the many talents we have in Redthorn, there there's a burgeoning MS Paint community. Um, you know, a real <laughs> appreciation for simple simple art. So, um, you know, I think this is a good a good opportunity for us. I'm glad you're here today. Let me let me show you our wares. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny you mention that. It's like when I say my my early thumbnails look like a kindergarten coloring project, <laughs> and my family made so much fun of me while I'm making some of these thumbnails. Like I'm like I'm gonna try this little spray paint icon. So I'm like I'm like using the spray paint tool, <laughs> so it looks like it's spray paint. And like Town Hall Twelve Hog Riders, I'm like writing it out with the mouse on there, and it just looks terrible. But there's a certain irony in that. It's like you know what I mean. Like you can be a try hard and just have this template and bang it out. And there's your face. You're making your shocked face. And it's like, no, screw that. We're just going to do this. <laughs> I hate those pictures. I really do. It's like, it's just like the stock images of, oh my gosh, look at this. And like the, the clickbait component. Cause like, mm-hmm. so when I, when I was doing the podcast with tip for a little while, he wanted, he's like, I love making thumbnails. I'll make your thumbnails. I was like, this is perfect. Cause I hate making thumbnails. And he was, he would send them to me and they all looked like clickbait. You know, it's like an arrow pointing to something like, try this. And I was like, my thumbnails normally say something like, Town Hall 11 Go Hog Attack. I'm like, I try to, I, I try to make it more like this is what it is. Like, but that's, it's not really catchy. And I'm like, I know, but I'm, I'm not looking to be flashy. I'm just looking to be honest. I want people to know what they're getting right. into. I don't want them to open it up and be like, what's the great surprise? Like, if they're interested in a Town Hall 11 Go Hog Attack, I want them to click on it. If they're not, I don't really want them to watch the video because I feel like they'll be disappointed. Yeah, there's a lot of creators out there that, you know, like you say, they have that standard shocked face and you know, oh, this attack is overpowered. And they don't really tell you that it took them 50 tries to get the You're the only attack. seeing triples. Exactly. You know, it, it's nice to see maybe some of the challenges when you're attacking. Like, you know, I tried this attack on this base, but I didn't read the base right and it came in from the wrong side. So it's better learn from that mistake and it's better to come in from the other oh, side when you hit a base like this. My hits are a gold mine for learning opportunities. <laughs> Just start filming your attacks. Is that what you're saying? Uh, there, yeah, there is an entire, there's like multiple channels worth of content I'm pushing <laughs> out every week on that. Let's start a new comedy show. <laughs> I tell you what, though, it's a it's an excellent point. Like learning from mistakes. Like I I used to joke with my dad that I learned. So like my parents got divorced when I was eleven, and then he had a second marriage, and they got divorced. He had a third marriage, and they got divorced. And I I he he was offended, but I joked with him that I learned about because my wife and I are about to hit our twenty third wedding anniversary. We've been together twenty seven years. We started dating when we were fifteen. And I used to joke with him. I he didn't think it was funny, but I would say like I learned a lot about marriage from you and from my mom. And you know, he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "I saw all the things you guys did wrong." And I said, "Okay, that's something I don't want to do when I wind up getting married someday." And in a lot of ways, I I learned from watching people make bad attacks that not even bad attacks, sometimes just the subtleties of what goes wrong and, and thinking about, Oh, you know, I notice it looks like, you know, this part of the attack took a little longer because if they had done this instead, or, you know, maybe they had dropped a, you know, one of the ice golems and instead put in a few more cleanup troops or, you know, they brought two more balloons or something like, I, I think that's like the greatest wealth of opportunity is just watching other people's attacks and seeing what worked and what didn't. And then just trying to work with that from there. Yeah, for sure. So you talked a little bit about, your podcast. Tell us about what you cover on it and your other experiences with getting started recording. I know you 
recorded your own intro music for it. And that was really <laughs> impressive. So I, I ended up doing... I, I had, you know, like I said, Tip reached out to me through the through Reddit and asked me because he saw my super. I had done a, super, a video on Super Dragons, which, to be honest, Super Dragons when they first came out, it was like so. The strategy is just use a bunch of Super Dragons, and you could have really just had that as the video. But I talked a little bit about like you know making sure the ground expos don't lock on to the heroes, and you know making sure the heroes go a different direction than the dragons. But he messaged me. He's like, hey, you know, your video was interesting, and so I went on, and you know, I'm I am personable and charismatic and fun loving and entertaining. <laughs> So I, you know, and I, I, I had a lot of people like, oh, this is so great. It's, it's cool to have you on there. It's exciting to, to listen to you. And then when the uh, Clash Tips podcast abruptly, very abruptly ended in December, um, I had a lot of people like, hey, are you going to do your own podcast? And I was like, do you know how much work it takes to do a podcast? I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. I'm not interested. And then, you know, little by little, people kept bugging me like, oh, you should really do something. You have, I think you have a lot to offer. And I don't know i just thought i don't have enough stuff going on and i just figured i i did i knew i wanted to do something that i could do through my ipad because i don't like sitting down it's the same reason like anytime i ever streamed on tiktok i just do it with a screen share on my ipad i don't show myself at all and not because i'm like you know hideously ugly or anything but it's just it's more work and i'm very low effort and i didn't want to have to do like you know my son was like it's easy get your laptop and you get stream labs and get this plugged in here and then you get your camera set up and we'll buy you a microphone i'm like stop i'm out i'm just gonna play on my ipad if people want to watch they can watch then you know they don't they don't have to and i thought with a podcast i'm like i'm gonna have to do all that it's like audio editing and you know to have i think realistically great podcasts involve multiple people because it's more than just listening to one person drone on for you know a lot of the podcasts that are the clash podcasts i'll run an hour to an hour and a half and i'm like i don't know that i am going to have people want to listen to me just ramble on for an hour an hour and a half people like i would i totally listen i'm like all right well you're cool i appreciate you saying that but I thought, uh, you know, I finding a co-host that I'm going to have to like figure out using Craigbot or some other service, and mm-hmm. I'll have to coordinate schedules. And the nice thing for me with the schedule with with Tip, he was basically like, "You tell me. I'd love having you on. We can make it work around your schedule." I was like, "That's easy." So we would just record at lunch. I'd go sit in my car, and <laughs> my my mobile office is what I refer to it as. And um, when I so I started talking a little bit more in detail with a few folks, and Congressman Coolrick was a huge help to me through the process, giving me ideas on apps I could use and software I could use, and what might make it a little bit easier on me. And in the end, I settled on I'm just going to try and keep them to like 30 or 40 minutes, because like if you've got two or three people on a podcast and it's like an hour to an hour and a half, you're probably like a half an hour worth of talking from each person. Granted, it's interspersed with other, you know, it's not one person talking straight. And so I figured my sort of, I, one of my degrees is in math. I've always been a numbers person. I feel like, you yes, know, go, my guy, go math. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> let's nerd out. Yeah. Let's beat up on those liberal, liberal arts idiots. Right. <laughs> so I, you know, I thought I, I, I was always fascinated with things like, like people don't necessarily know the you know, how the multiple healers works, like what a second, third or fourth healer winds up doing and why people use five healers or, you know, the exact formula for how the earthquake spell deals damage. I was like, these are fun things that I could share with people. And so I decided I would do like a general topic each, each episode, and then some kind of more, you know, maybe math oriented topic. And then to make it feel less like a solo person just rambling on for half an hour, I 
posted a channel in my Discord server saying, hey, if you guys want to ask questions, and people like to hear themselves reflected, right? So a lot of people posted a bunch of questions that I just wind up picking a couple of the questions and then I'll, I'll talk about those. And the other thing that Congressman Kulrick was telling me, like, you need to lean into very heavily is because you're part of the creator program and you have all this interaction with all these other creators, like that's something that other podcasts don't have. So if you can yeah. leverage that, that can be somewhat of your niche. I'm like, that's actually a really good idea. So I, I finally decided to get it together and, and launch my Inside Clash podcast. And that was, that was Congressman Coolrick's idea on the name Inside Clash. It's like, it's like Inside Baseball, but for Clash. I was like, that is a wonderful idea. Yeah, I love that. Um, and talking about the content creator program, we know that, well, most of us know that Supercell interacts very closely with the content creators there, often asking for your input and sharing information on upcoming updates. So how surprised were you all with this latest update for BuilderBase 2.0, particularly on the crazy amount of issues once the update dropped. Can you walk our listeners through any of the processes involved with when the devs at SC share a build or, you know, all the way through to the release? I'll start with, I want to say, uh, was it last episode? I think, Fado, maybe you were talking about like load testing with mm -hmm. the game and so I, you know, having that sort of insider's take, there was, there's a lot, the devs are really great in the dialogue. So like you've got the community managers in there, you've got like the developers and of course all the other uh, content creators that are in there. And I, there was a lot of dialogue about essentially the, the, you know, various versions of load testing and the things that they expected to potentially go wrong. And they coordinated a lot of really cool stuff where you know, and I, unfortunately, because my time zone, you know, I'm, I'm in Las Vegas, so I'm 10 hours behind where they're at in Helsinki. And I'd wake up some mornings and see a message that somebody posted like, okay, everybody pile on to the new development build and we're going to do as many attacks as we can, load a builder hall seven and set your trophy count to a certain range. Cause you know, the development tools are super cool. I'm not, you know, we're not allowed to show them at all. Cause you know, mm. we'll get, we'll get kicked out of the program. Otherwise I'd, I'd love to show people like I show my wife. I'm like, look, isn't this cool? She's like, not really, but you know, cause she quit playing like yeah. six years ago. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's cool to me. So, and you know, then there's like tons of messages on Slack with people like, Oh yeah, I did this and I did this and I noticed this. And, and it's like, you know, they finished all their testing, you know, right around the time I woke up. I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm like, <laughs> like hey, what about like, me? <laughs> I, I wanted to play, too. And but it was really cool seeing all the stuff that they were testing and all the things that I didn't expect would potentially go wrong. And, you know, you talk about like the crazy things that happened, like when when the actual build went live to the public. So there's like load testing in terms of like what the system can actually take where we're stressing it to see what it can do. And then there's what happens when millions of people start doing things that we never thought to, to check. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff I feel like is like uh, the, uh, we, we test and check the obvious stuff. Like I think about like, so I work in the casino industry. I always say gaming, but then when I'm talking to people that play Clash of Clans, they're like, oh, like you work for like Blizzard or something. I'm like, no, like gambling. I'm a good guy. I get people to gamble more so <laughs> not all heroes wear capes that's what i tell people because <laughs> I, I run i run database marketing so it's like you know it's like my job is to get people to gamble more and they're like oh that sounds cool I'm like yeah you know not all heroes wear capes so we had this promotion we did a long time ago and it was like supposed to be like so we we always did scratch cards right people like you know they scratch off and they see what they win but you have to do it in front of one of our team members to make sure that you're not like scratching at home and only coming in for the good prizes and we did this thing we tried doing like an electronic scratch card like we'll email 
email everybody their codes, and then they'll want to come in and plug in the code at the kiosk to see what they can get. But IT was unable to finish the process that made it to where guests could only get their prize by plugging in their code. So they were like, any five numbers will work. And I said, I was like, that's kind of a dumb promotion. People are going to figure that out. They're like, no, 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 they won't. I'm like, I'm, I guarantee you people are going to figure that out right away. So we're all on this bridge call like midnight when the promotion goes live. And like a minute in, the the players club for one of the properties is like, people are plugging in just random numbers and it's working. I was like, I told you guys. Like when you, <laughs> when you put things in the hands of, in, in, in the case of Clash of Clans, millions of people that just start doing things that, you know, we don't necessarily expect or think of, you very quickly figure out things that you didn't expect to go wrong and you know it's like i would see reports coming in and a lot of it you know like the the reddit moderators a couple of the reddit moderators are in the creator program so they have access on slack and you know like clash ninja he had heard some stuff and he was saying hey i'm you know it's all these weird things right i'm hearing that if a town hall 10 attacks using more than five hog riders and the defending clan castle has a balloon the clan castle is destroyed instantly and then a poison spell comes out of it it's like how did that happen it's like all these just like complete weird things like tornado traps not working and we're all sitting there like looking in the chat like how (laughs) what what is it about a second portion of a builder base that caused that to happen and you could see like from the supercell side they're like we are we are working on it and like but you could tell they're like really that's happening how yeah yeah and i i think there's still a number of issues happening i know one of our at least one of our clan mates has when she does her legend hits, they disappear off, you know, the little battle log, whatever, uh, it shows your, your ratio right, of defenses to attacks. So she does like five attacks. Then a couple of minutes later, she'll look back and there's like four attacks showing, but she doesn't get an extra attack, but they're disappearing. And she's not sure if she's not getting the cups for it yet or not. But I know she's reported that to Supercell, so. I sent in another one yesterday. I for the builder base. I because I hate wait. I always hated waiting for other players to make their attacks. Like when they when they first shared with us the the builder base changes and layout and everything. I was and it's mm-hmm. it's it's cool. It's like it's kind of like a mixed bag because the people that I interact with the most in the game are the ones that I really want to share the information with. But it's like we're seeing all the new builder base stuff back in like you know the end of April, and we have like three weeks or so until it comes out to everybody else. So it's like I'm just having to bite my tongue. People are like, I wonder wonder what's going to be coming in the update. I'm like. Yeah, should be should be cool. They're like, what do you think it's gonna have? Like, you already know that I know what is coming, so I can't <laughs> I can't say anything. But when they when they said no more multiplayer, I was like, yes, because I just spam. I would always just like dump some giants and some bombers and some cannon carts and then close the app because I, that's even what I do on the main base. My most of my farming is a double quad quake, eight ice golems, some bowlers and witches, and then my heroes and a log launcher, and then I close the app, and it takes me like. 18 seconds and i've made tiktoks and youtube videos about like here's how people like how do you manage all your stuff i'm like i don't actually see most of what happens for my bases <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how i do my time management but so i do the same thing with the builder base and i'm and i'm still doing it even though that means i can't get to the second stage like i will never i'll never get more than three stars on my lower builder halls but i i was doing clan games task uh, no it was a gold pass task one of my accounts had it was used raged barbarians and I had made probably 10 or 12 attacks in a row of dumping a couple of giants, uh, one of the new bombers, which I think is such a cool troop with its mm-hmm. big bomb ability, and a couple of rage barbarians, and then I closed the app. And that's just because that was the army composition I was using. And I looked at my gold pass, and I was like, there's still, it says two out of four. I'm like, I just made like 12 attacks. And so then I tested it, and I went in, and I made an attack. 
and I waited until the attack actually finished getting a star, and then I ended the attack, and it moved from two out of four to three out of four. And I, then I was like, okay. So I went back in, and I was screen recording all this. I went back in, I made the same thing where I just dumped all my troops down, spammed everybody, and I closed the app. I came back on, and it had three starred, so you know I got the first half of the base down, but it still showed three out of four Rage Barbarian attacks. So I was like, ooh, found another bug. I have no idea why. It always counted before, and even on the main base... And I don't know why, but it's like if it doesn't see the attack to completion, it wasn't counting now, but it was counting like destroy firecrackers or destroy multi-mortars. It was counting those, but the complete an attack with a certain troop wasn't recording. So I, I screen recorded that and sent it in. But it was it was really interesting seeing a lot of people like the types of feedback that people were giving and the types of issues that people were running into yeah i was i was really really surprised at like we expected some stuff on the builder base you know we expected some stuff to be a little goofy because we see that even in the testing we'll be mm -hmm. playing and then somebody's like oh look at the attack i just did and see what happened and the devs are like oh cool thank you and what kind of device are you playing on because they they really do one of the cool things about being in the creator program is seeing how much time and attention they put into trying to make sure that when it hits, you know, millions of hands that it's flawless, but you know, it's, it's technology. So it's never going to be flawless, but I was, I was definitely shocked about how diverse the problem set was when this update rolled out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure we haven't heard about all of them yet either. So. Yeah. I think, uh, well, that's interesting. You say that about how you do your hits because that's a lot of how I'm doing uh, these podcasts, right? I say a lot up front and then I wait for Kat to prompt me about 20 minutes since it's, uh, it's your section. Uh, it's your turn. And then she starts like spamming me on discord. My phone starts and I wake up and I'm like, all right, all right, time to come to, um, and ask the question of the guy who's drinking a Coke, by the guy who's drinking Coke Zero, if Coke and Pepsi play Clash of Clans and had a war, who'd win? Okay, so the the loyal side of me would say Coca-Cola. However, I'm going to go with a little, little bit of a contrarian answer here. Uh -oh. Pep Pepsi spends a substantially larger amount of money on marketing and advertising than Coca-Cola does. You kind of have to when your product is that inferior. Right? <laughs> so here's the thing. I feel like it's a little bit of a, I think what would happen in this, this theoretical war here would be a little bit of a tortoise and hare thing that uh, Coca-Cola thinks I'm, I'm Coke. I'm the best. Uh, I don't have to spend as much money on marketing. And so what if all these blind taste tests, people wind up saying they like Pepsi better. Uh, I'm, you know, good old steady Coca-Cola. And I think Pepsi would probably wind up coming up with something really crazy, like the new super archer blimp kind of attack that nobody saw coming and uh and they would wind up winning the war yeah but, I was, but i'd still you know, drink coke the marketing gimmick of setting michael jackson's hair on fire was a big one right <laughs> wasn't that a pepsi ad i think so yeah, i think so <laughs> yeah i mean drink pepsi set michael jackson's hair on fire love it you know what I, I always thought was interesting about the taste challenges they did? They weren't like when I, I remember I was a kid and I went, my dad would drag us to these baseball games here in town. The, the, we had like a minor league team. I don't like baseball at all. I think it's a waste of time. Um, absolute offense intended to anybody who loves baseball uh, and we would go to the games and i would just go and try and find ways of stealing ice cream from the the store that they had there and they had they, had, they were doing like it's the pepsi challenge and all they were doing was really checking to see if you could tell the difference between which one was which because really that was they would be like oh no can you tell which one is pepsi and 
I think they were doing it wrong. So like my first exposure as a kid watching them do like the Pepsi challenge, they weren't asking like, which one do you think is better? They're like, which one do you think is Pepsi? Like that one. I'm like, I could do the same thing with like, I don't know, something gross and water. I mean, I like it better. Yeah. Which is the one that makes it feel like your teeth are instantly rotting? That's Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. Double the sugar count. <laughs> I'm sorry, C-Note. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere in Ohio, there's a guy waking up, shaking his fist at the clouds, going, I know, I know it's happening again. <laughs> oh, trample damage. Um, obviously, you have in Vegas, um, and you don't like baseball. I think the uh, Oakland A's are moving there at some point. So that's one less fun thing to do out in the real world. So what, what kind of hobbies do you get into? I'm okay. I'm really boring. I read and I, um, I do play, I play magic, the gathering. It's a collectible card game. I started playing back in 1995 and now I play it on their arena client, which is a, an app that they have for, well, their arena client was originally released for computers, uh, but they had of an app, they have an app that they released for us. So I play that. Uh, and then I hang out with my wife and I walk my dogs. I don't have a lot of those. Um, what do you call the friends? So most of the, <laughs> most of my time is spent like by myself or hanging out with my wife, which she's my best friend by far. We we talk every night for hours. We do a lot of like we go grocery shopping together on the weekends. Like we're really good friends. Spend a lot of time with my kids. I don't really go out much. I think the last time I went out to do something that didn't involve my wife was in like 2010. She went to Utah with some of our friends for a couple of days during the week, and they were coming home Saturday morning and Friday night. One of my coworkers was like, you should come out. We're going to go see a movie tonight. And I was like, yeah, I guess people, they do stuff like that. And so I went, <laughs> I went to dinner with them and saw a movie and then, but otherwise, and I, my wife got me a PlayStation five for my birthday. Um, so I'm also nice. going to spend, spend some time looking at my PlayStation five instead of playing it. Cause I'm really busy, but you know, I'll, I'll squeeze some, I play on my switch sometimes too. Um, just because you know, it's portable, it's handheld. Same thing as like making my content on my iPad. I like to, you know, it's like on the go type of stuff is easier. Mm-hmm. But so I'm like, nothing really exciting. Like I don't kayak. I, I walk my dogs and I read while I'm walking my dogs. I get a lot of commentary from, from a lot of these old people at the park. <laughs> like I'm walking with like, I could never read and walk my dogs at the same time. I'm like, your dogs are very not well behaved and mine are. So that's, that's why I can do that. <laughs> Um, when it comes to content creation, you know, it's, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a big time sink. Like you're putting a lot of time into it, but what do you get out of it? Like, what's the most fun part for you? And, and I guess beside the thumbnails, what's the least fun part? (laughs) Some thumbnails, curse you thumbnails. So I think the most fun, I mean, we've all had this experience when, well, okay. Maybe not every most most players at some point have had an experience where they make an attack and it's like this amazing three star and they were super impressed. They're like, I can't believe that worked. That was so cool. In a lot of ways, I think for me, the most fun part of content creation, whether it's you know, a TikTok video or a YouTube video or a Reddit post or you know, even, you know, making making my own music for my podcast, <laughs> which is I've had so like the majority of the comments I get from people start with something along the lines of, Wow, that intro music. And I'm like, which direction is that wow leaning? Is that wow <laughs> leaning like you closed your eyes while you were listening to it or you were laughing? But you know, I think that the thing that I have the most fun with is when when something just works and I didn't necessarily expect something to be as popular as it turns out to be or 
before. I didn't expect to get as positive a feedback. Like honestly, the podcast feedback that I've gotten from people has been substantially more positive than I expected. And you know, the community is lovely and people are very encouraging of one another. So that's all really great. But I think my favorite part is just when I do something that just kind of like sticks and, and people really like it. And it feels to me in a lot of ways the same way that it feels when like last Clanmore League I had my opening attack was like this very piecemeal it was mostly mass hogs but a very piecemeal um, surgical it's very surgical start to the attack and I, I picked off a few pieces to set up some nice pathing and it worked beautifully and you know the clan mates were like oh good job trample way to go that was awesome and I was like I can't believe that worked but you know I'm telling them like oh yeah I knew that was gonna I knew that was gonna be fine <laughs> and I think I think that the content creation part for me it's the same way where I, I just feel like sometimes I, I do something or I make something or I share something and people are like, yes, this really resonated. This was this was important. This was meaningful to me. And that feels really good because it feels like I'm contributing something very positive out there. And the least fun, um, I uh, it's it probably still is. You know, you know what? I think actually I won't say the thumbnails because even even though I absolutely do hate uh, making the thumbnails, I think I have I, I made a comment on my last the last podcast I recorded where there was a question somebody had asked me about like how I choose to spend my time essentially and how I how I manage to balance everything. And the truth is we can't. I can't do everything. And I likened it to going to a buffet because you know, I live in Las Vegas. We used to have a lot of the buffets out here. And COVID killed them, which for my company, cool. They're very expensive. They cost us a ton of money and they didn't drive a lot of incremental business. So I'm actually glad they're gone. But all my friends and family hate me for saying that because everybody misses how many buffets there were in town. But the thing that I I like the least about it is how much I essentially, I have to pick and choose what I'm going to do, right? So like spending time making a podcast means I'm not making a Reddit post. Spending time making YouTube video means I'm not necessarily making as many TikToks as I want to, or trying to stick with making daily TikToks because that's actually the part where I have the largest following means I'm not necessarily making as many YouTube videos, or I'm just missing out on some of the attacks I might want to make. So I think that the, my, my least favorite part of it is uh, like not not being able to have everything because I have to pick and choose where I'm spending my time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I'm not as um, regimented. I don't think I like, for instance, this weekend in the United States, it's a three day weekend cat. So we, you know, I have a, I have a bunch of things I want to get done, but it's the times when I'm actually writing things down that it, if I go in with this, predefined list of things and I start checking them off a I know what I can do and I know what I really need to start like sacrificing so maybe I should be like that because I'm actually a lot more productive and feel a lot better about myself when and I know I'm veering a little bit from the least fun part of content creation but you know time management plays a huge part in that because you are absolutely giving up Mm -hmm. part of your weekend part of your time um, to churn out content and it's, you know, the, when you say time management, it really is like I, for whatever reason, back in February, got like suddenly obsessed with the graveyard spell and I'm my trample damage clan. I wanted to start doing a lot more of the clan capital attacks there. And so my weekends, like I haven't been warring as much and I haven't been just normal raiding as much because it's like almost all of the clash game time that I spend on the weekends has gone to clan capital, which fortunately is starting to run its course a little bit where I'll still make a few attacks, but I'm not like militantly trying to fit them all in. Mm-hmm. But it's like I... I I had to give up some other stuff that I like about the game. And it's not that 
I don't like those other parts of the game. And it's not that I no longer like the clan capital. It's just, you know, there's limited time. Like, like I said, I like to spend time with, you know, my family and I like to spend time reading and it's, it's tough, you know, like that's like the, the, the quintessential dilemma in life is the, the choices that we, we face and the trade-offs we have to make. Yeah, definitely. Um, back to clash. Um, you know, as a content creator, you may see or hear about some things before we do, but um, and when it comes to some of the add-ons, um, sceneries, skins, obstacles, events, do you have do you have any that really stick out as your favorite? I really love the spooky scenery. I think that one was really really cool. The only thing I didn't like is the the forge was like really far down at the bottom. So sometimes I would go on to a base that had that scenery. And then I would forget to collect my clan capital gold because it wasn't as close to the rest of the base. Mm. I think that's that's probably my favorite. My least favorite of those, though, the was I forget which one it was the shad dark the shadow scenery. Oh, um, really? I have terrible color vision, and that mm-hmm. scenery was a was an absolute nightmare for me. I was like when I was when I would go in multiplayer attacks, or you know, and I would I would see that scenery. I was, I was like, great, my just stupid scenery. Is, is, that, is that the greenish one, like the aqua greenish one, where you almost yeah. can't even tell if buildings have been destroyed or not? Like that was, I think Itsu actually reco- re- referenced that one as like a pay to pay to win kind of thing because if you buy that scenery and take it into legends like it throws people big time yeah that was a nightmare for me i didn't like that one but um i have to say that's my favorite it is (laughs) (laughs) you're so evil (laughs) that's funny um what about you fado what do you have a do you have one that you like best I actually just roll with the, the seasonal stuff in a way like, oh, it's summertime. I'm just going to throw all my like lifeguard heroes and the beach one. Uh, the, my favorite ones are are the winter for some reason are the winter. Um, I just I love snow colored covered, excuse me, snow covered things and, and things like that. And but but in general, though, if you look at the sceneries they've been pumping out recently versus say when they first embarked into other sceneries they have come a long way yeah i like the painter one i think that one was really cool the all the colors and swirls and stuff that was cool i also i like the hog mountain one that's another one i like just because i've always been a big like hog riders for my favorite troops since eons so Mm -hmm. i love that one as far as skins, my favorite, I don't know that I will ever, I love, so like, as far as the set, like the magic set for Town Hall 15 was super cool, but the Skeleton King, I think will probably always be my favorite. And I even just love the flavor text that's involved of him. Like when he gets knocked out, like his arm falls off. Like I, <laughs> and then I also really like the Golem King skin, but the, I think oh, the yeah, Skeleton the skeleton king it just and i made a i made a tiktok uh long you know not too long after i started posting stuff on there where i and this, this one took me a while i had i said i set up a base and i had the champion king skin on and i just dumped a ton of skeleton spells and the skeletons go and they like mob the enemy king and i did this as a friendly challenge and so they destroy the king. So I recorded that. And then I recorded the exact same thing, but I recorded it with the skeleton king skin. And so what I ended up doing is I 
I then I sort of spliced them together and I put a little like smoke puff effect on the screen right as the champion king is getting knocked out so that it looks like the skeletons come in and they like destroy him and then he's he's like a skeleton there that has like fallen to pieces and when I the music I set was for the the theme music for the TV show The Walking Dead and so it's like he just gets like overrun by all these skeletons I was like so proud of myself I'm like this that's, is the coolest thing so uh, what about skins for you guys what do you guys like I I'm a Dark Ages guy, right? Like I I've l- really liked the Dark Ages um ones. I'm running them right now. Um and I I don't change them that much. I only change them really when I buy new ones. Um but like some some of them I I didn't care much for. I I can't really remember the themes because by now there's been so many, but um currently the Dark Ages for me. Yeah. For me I'm running the the magic ones cuz I just find it I like they're cohesive and they're easy to spot on the base. And for me, Definitely. that's important. I need to be able to see where each one is. Yeah, those ones are like as a set, those are really cool. And I had to mm-hmm. really hold back from buying those for a bunch of different bases. So I was like, I'm just going to buy them for my main base and I'm not going to buy them for the rest of them because otherwise I'd have been like, yes, there goes a thousand dollars. As far as obstacles, I love the 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 Christmas tree. The 2014 Christmas tree, the one that made presents. Aw. Yeah, I think on one of my accounts, I'm 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 a huge fan of the Christmas trees, but one of my accounts, for some reason, I think I got rid of one of them, um, and or all of them for one year. And now I'm like, well, on my main account, I don't have, is it 2013 maybe, uh, 2014, 2015? It was a bluish one. Um, kind of blue and on. green. I think it's 2015. Yeah, and that's one, like, I must have dug them all up. And I'm like, oh, you dummy. So I'm hoping maybe, I and I think Darian said they were considering making those purchasable. Um, that would be really great if they did. Yeah, I would totally buy them. And as far as event, I I actually thought that the Clash Fest was, like, really, really cool. But I also really like, I got to make one of the, the bases, one of the challenge levels. I made the... The Valentine's one this year that was like the heart shape one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that one a lot because the, the guy that made it is really cool. Yeah. And then um, in terms of what could be coming, I, you know, people are a buzz. We've seen some rumored defense, offense upgrades coming, probably more walls. But is there anything you want to see added to the main village beside the ability to get more data when you're scouting a base like I'm crying for <laughs> on every single podcast by now? That is a really good. I I really like that as a request. That's something that I I definitely hope they would wind up doing. I mean, selfishly, I've been a hog rider attacker forever, and so I would love to have like seven or eight new hog rider levels. I think it would be cool. Make them uh, viable. <laughs> be my my favorite. I hate spring traps. What I'm I'm finding more and more lately is because I. I love hog riders and I've loved them at every town hall level. My problem at town hall 15 is I will make a plan for a base. And I've even tested this with my own bases in friendly challenges where I'll three star a base and then I'll move a few spring traps into the core or around a specific defense. And it goes from being what was a very easy, solid three star to being a 75% two star all because of the spring traps. And, you know, again, I, it's, you know, first world problems, right? The, the types of things I get to complain about. Air attacks have seeking air mines, of course, and the red, you know, splash damage balloons. The ground attacks have to face a, a bunch of giant bombs, a bunch of regular bombs, mm-hmm. and the spring traps. And the spring traps are what kill me because there isn't. 
it's not as, I mean, that's what they're supposed to be surprised, right? But I have attacks that I make that sometimes just go so well. And I look back at the attack and it's like, I only hit two spring traps and I lost one hog rider to each spring trap. And then the attacks that don't go well, it's like, you know, the angle that the hog rider comes up to against the side of a scatter shot or a cannon and they hit the spring trap and it takes three hog riders. And I'm like, oh man. And then like two seconds later, three more go to another one and losing three or four or six hog riders early on to a spring trap because you can't protect against it at least on the air side all of the red mines all the bombs all the, everything you can protect against it with the warden you can protect against it with free spells like you have opportunities to to control all that you can't stop a spring trap and so like i i i wish that hog riders uh were, <laughs> were immune to spring traps like i don't know i that's i would love a new hog rider level that would be my my most favorite thing because it's my favorite troop Okay, so beside removing spring traps, <laughs> what what else? What would you really like to see? Like practically speaking, um, something in there you think they either goofed up or it's o- way too OP. Um, is there something you want to see removed? Town Hall fifteen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't love Town Hall fifteen. I used to feel so like I felt so smart at Town Hall fourteen. I go into Clan War League and I get like four or five triples in the week. And, and then Town Hall fifteen came out and I was like, it's only going to get harder because we have our troops like boosted right now. <laughs> so, like everything's max and the defenses are all just starting. So it's like it's only going to get more difficult. Um, no, I think the it, it's it's probably less a function of remove i think of it as like a it's not a glitch because i think it's all by design but when we use a training potion all of our troops train faster and we still don't have the ability to request and i know that raid medals can be used to self-donate but when i have a training potion going especially like if i'm in legend league and i have a training potion going i don't want to have to spend gems to re the sort of re-engage the clan castle to allow myself to get more troops I, mm-hmm. I I wish that the recovery time of the clan castle sped up along with the training potion, because what will happen is my army's done, and then I still have three or four more minutes until I can request troops mm-hmm. in my clan castle. So I feel like, and along the same lines, if I was to, if I had a training potion going, and I'm going to make a troop, whatever it is, and the troop would normally take three minutes, but instead it's going to take you know one one tenth of that time because I have a training potion going, and I want to gem it. I feel like the gem cost should be reflective of the amount of time that's left to actually train it. So like a whole army that would normally take 40 minutes instead is going to take four minutes. I wish I could do that for like, you know, five or six gems or seven gems instead of the normal full price. Because the truth is, in terms of what I'm waiting and I'm, I'm paying to avoid waiting, I'm paying to avoid waiting for four minutes at that point. It's not like I'm actually skipping through a longer time. Like it's only going to take me four minutes. So I feel like the timers when it comes to training potions, that's one thing I would like to see, I'm going to call it removed or fixed, is I, I feel like that's something that would be a really nice quality of life update that I don't think would actually cost them money. I think it would actually make them money because people would spend more gems, I think, on the training potions because they would view them as being more valuable. I, I 100% agree. that you're, yeah. you're scratching my math major itch because it did bother <laughs> it does bother me that they're gemming the amount of time left as if you're not under boost. So aside from getting rid of Town Hall 15, that's uh, – what about you guys? What would you guys take out? Oh, wow. Um, you know, we write, we write these questions for you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what would I take out? I, I don't know. I think um, t- 
Town Hall 15 is just like for the average player, it's 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 frustrating because your hit rates dip so low and it, it kind of makes you less apt to try new things in a way because you're just at least for me right i don't i probably not in general because you would think well if you're failing over and over again with your same tr strategy you seem to know best you would just mix it up and start new things but with me it's just kind of made me want to invest less time in that um so i i wouldn't necessarily remove anything but just more to voice like how imbalanced i think it is for non-pros right now for me, I think it's not so much of necessarily removing because I don't think they're going to remove anything. But it, I'd like to see them nerf the monolith slightly. <laughs> it's just, it's to me, it's just a little bit too overpowered at the moment, and it, it just needs a good nerf by about fifty percent or so. I mean, I think about what what we did with previous town halls. Like, you know, town hall eleven came out it's like the eagle artillery, and then you know, town hall twelve mm -hmm. came out it's like the town hall will explode and attack your troops. And town hall thirteen was like the scatter shot, and then they added the like the the minor freeze effect on the town hall explosion. Then town hall fourteen, it's like the town hall is a field of poison, so ground armies are having trouble. Plus, they added the builders as well, so there was almost like two. And I feel like the town hall. Poison is a massive defense, and the builders were a very cool uh, gimmick or trick to mm -hmm. make the bases tougher without being an overpowered defense. Both the Spell Tower and the Monolith, it's like those are both really cool signature defenses that could have had their own town hall that they were introduced at. Yeah. But we got, mm -hmm. but we get both of them. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, just a little, bit, uh, a little bit too much at once, I think, for, for most players. Well, with all this in mind, though, do you think Supercell is getting any better with dealing with, communicating with, um, engaging with the average player, casual player, if you want? Or are they really only getting feedback from more or less pros at this point? So I think that in a lot of ways, they recognize that while esports is definitely a piece that is helpful for the game and gets people engaged, I the average clasher, like I look sometimes, you know, in game, they've got the little new uh, flashing on the, the news part because they're streaming or because they're showing something. And I'll see, like this morning, I I looked at something on TikTok and there was a an event going. It's like a, I forget what war is going on right now. It's like some some special events like Judo and Itsu are, are commentating on this war that's going on. And they're showing it on TikTok and there's like 105 people watching. And this is, TikTok is a, big app a lot of people are watching i whenever i go live on tiktok i wind up having like six or seven or eight hundred people watching me and it's not a competitive thing it's not the top players in the world it's not you know really well-known content creators that are doing the the this of the commentating and like the really you know, back to you it's you and like these are like super popular guys that know the game really well and there were only like 105 110 people that were watching it I think that at the end of the day, so many people, like when they play Clash of Clans, like you talk about the average player, it's about like seeing their village develop. It's not feeling like they just ran head first into a brick wall, which is oh, a lot of people love attacking because their troops are higher than their their defenses are and their attacking bases that have been kind of rushed. So like a lot of the average casual players in daily multiplayer attacks feel like professionals. And because they're they're attacking defenses that are two or three town halls below theirs with, mm -hmm. you know, with their current level town hall troops. And when you by the time you get past those to players that I think of as people that are more like us, like we're not the pros, we're people who love the game that try different things. And we've got a, a you know community that we're involved in. We are more than a casual player, but we're definitely not pros. And we're honestly, I think, the ones that spend the most money on the game. 
because mm-hmm. there are a lot of us and you know a lot of us are adults and we can you know we can buy gold passes and skins and sceneries and and i i feel like in a lot of ways the communication that they have where they're just trying to telegraph what they're doing and letting us know where they're at and the kinds of i feel like last year the quality of life updates that they put out i feel like we're so strong between extra lives for the heroes mm-hmm. and getting rid of the troop costs, the training costs. Like there were a lot of really great things that I think they're doing really well to appeal to the average player. The addition of clan capital because of raid medals and the there are just so many things that I feel like they've done for the average player that I I feel like they continue to do a good job of communicating. Uh, I know that, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel like it in a sense that they, I know I heard uh, Darian, I don't know if it was on, on your guys' podcast or where I had heard him. He was, I think at one point you guys had had him talking about like the, de- he was talking about the development cycle uh, and uh, with him working at Supercell, like how he used to work in whatever the appropriate term is for like console video games. He's talked about like the development projects being these like really many years running. And so in in some ways, I feel like the builder base is was closer to that than some of the normal update stuff because it's such a complicated thing and they've been working on it for a while. And I think it was it was difficult for them to really thoroughly articulate exactly what they were going for because I got to see some of the kind of behind the scenes stuff of where they were talking about where they wanted to potentially go and even having seen the developers talk about some of the stuff that they potentially like to do that, you know, they can't, they're not saying that they're going to, but they might want to do. And it's kind of a longer roadmap than their normal timeline. And for what they're trying to accomplish, I feel like they're doing a pretty good job of telegraphing where they're trying to go. I, I feel like they're doing a good job with that. And I honestly, from what I see in on Slack and like the more like behind the scenes side, there's almost there there is absolutely an esports component to the Slack world, but there isn't as much dialogue focus there just because I think like it's a cool event, but it's not really where they're making their money. Yeah, I think I have to agree because I know particularly, you know, with Reddit, there was a huge movement within the community there complaining about, you know, the issues with accounts being hacked or stolen or whatever and supercell responded and and i think that's a credit to them for listening to the community and and trying to secure their player bases accounts absolutely it's a great point yeah Mm -hmm. so let's let's uh shift gears a little bit um we got a question from the um the audience and wouldn't you know? Um, if you, I guess, if the rule is, if you submit your questions to the audience, uh, you come on the show. Uh, so this one's from Tramp Damage. So, people have suggested it'd be nice to join and link clan chats as part of an alliance or family. If you were able to link clans with chat and donations, but it was limited to two or three, how would you choose which ones to link? So. Trample Damage, you submitted this, so maybe we'll give you the most time to think. I'm going to go first. Okay. We'll let Kat go next. And Trample Damage, you're probably going to come in with the, the best idea of all. So me, um, you know, I think it would be a little bit tricky to do, um, really because clans are these little bubbles people live in, and there's really, you know, there's no chat, no bubble chat, none of that. Um, but once you start talking about linking, you have to be able to link, you know, our clan to many, and then many clans may link to us, and it could get really out of control pretty quickly when you're tracking those relationships. And this is the developer side of me coming out. Um, but I suppose if you if they could find a way to limit it, 
um, it would be like a global chat, though, wouldn't it? Or would you envision it being like one clan chat? I don't know. Um, maybe you could color code people's names or put little icons next to their names so you know which clan they're in. But if those requests and all the chat were popping up in the same place, like, so yeah, I'm, I'm talking myself out of like a global-esque tab there where it would just still just be one clan chat. Um, and I guess the, another tricky thing, though, might be, would you want the ability to only send messages to your own clan? And if it was all in one chat, you don't, you know, that would get a little you know that that's a little annoying every time to be like oh i want this chat to go to my only my clan um because i want to complain about the ogres we're linked with or whatever um so it, it would be a little tricky um and then like that's the actual implementation of it how would you choose which ones to link well i think that'd be pretty simple it'd probably be the one where you know you're if you have a mini clan for instance like you know the rated would probably be a natural for us um perhaps a, a clan that you're really closely aligned with. So yeah, I, I guess that's how you would pick. But interestingly, like if you are limited to the number of clans you can link to, then, uh, you know, that's actually kind of precious, right? How, how You can't just link everywhere. And certain people may have their own, like, for instance, you know, let's say we grab four or five players from one clan that's kind of falling apart, but they have like their own system of minis. Uh, like a mini uh, mini clan and all that. So do feathers get ruffled when their clans don't get picked? You know, so <laughs> it, it sounds like a headache in a way, but I mean, there's a lot of value in it, but it also sounds like a lot of, a, a lot to handle. Yeah. I'm not limited by worries about how to make it work because that's somebody else's job. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, I think, You'd have to have like a separate tab the way they did with global. And so you'd have, you know, your main clan chat on one tab and then your alliance, quote unquote, uh, on a different tab. And then I think for me, the natural choices would be the clans that I have or that we associate the most with, like such as the rated. And because I have another one of my accounts and I know some others in Redthorn do uh, have accounts in Phoenix Reloaded. So probably do that. And then maybe... Maybe there'd be an option to add a clan, say, per, if you were trying to organize a friendly war, like like we did with Sons of Guns. You know, you could add them and then you could maybe have that as a floater clan that you could remove at any time and add somebody else. So Yeah, I like, I don't, I don't remember where the original idea came from, but I think that the description of like having like a global chat where you could have like some kind of, you know, clans, some number of clans that you could be connected with. And I was thinking of it almost like a, you know, like when you create a clan, mm -hmm. you you create a clan and almost like you could create a clan alliance and then you'd be able to invite a clan to your clan alliance. And in much the same way that your clan, you, I mean, like your your account can't be in two clans at the same time, your clan wouldn't be able to be in two alliances at the same time. And maybe alliance is the wrong word, but whatever, whatever word for that, alliance is a perfect word for it, that I could like start an alliance and... Maybe I can invite, you know, two or three other clans to my clan alliance. And if, you know, let's say Red Thorn starts an alliance and then invites the Raided and invites Phoenix Reloaded, maybe those are the three clans that are in there and that's it. And if Red Thorn wants to leave, uh, Red Thorn has to like give ownership of the alliance to either Phoenix Reloaded or the Raided. Mm -hmm. And that would be much the same way that the clan capital is like owned by somebody. Um, 
you would wind up having the leader of that clan be the one that gets to sort of control that alliance and they can invite other clans in. And it would, you'd probably have to limit it to just being the leader that can accept that or engage in that. And for me, as far as like which ones I'd pair up between like all of our family clans, I honestly don't even know because there are people that are like, like if we could, if it was only allowed to be three, like there are people that are like really good friends with each other that are in good guys two and three, and there are people that are good friends with each other in three and four, and there are people yeah. that have their minis in seven. And for me, it would be kind of a mess. For you guys, I think it's so fascinating because the Clash Files family has so many. It's not just like, you know, one big, you know, group of people that like a lot of the good guys clans, like it's really just people that. Uh, saw some of my content somewhere and then said, Hey, this looks like an active community. And then, so they joined because it's like an active community and people are just like, they'll get in wherever they can. And the clans all sort of operate the same way. We just kind of separate them a little bit with like some of the higher town halls will move towards some of the certain clans, but people just want the community. I don't like with you guys, it's so fascinating because like I watched sort of like the, you know, like I'm, I'm on the sidelines, just watching the sons of guns clan join the, mm. the clash files family and it was fascinating because like all these people like i'm here from sons of guns i'm here from sons of guns and you know like you guys do a great job of like organizing people and, and giving them the right roles and getting them access to the right stuff and it's like they're just it's like a whole other group of people that just want to be part of this bigger community and i think it would be a, a much tougher thing for you guys to be figuring out like which clans would be part of which alliance if it was limited like that yeah um, but it's just I, I I get such a kick out of the community that you guys have built with like all these disparate clans that are, you know, there's just the the shared love of Clash of Clans that goes and runs throughout the the whole Clash Files family. I just think it's super cool. Thank you. All right. Let's jump into top five. We're going to do what are your top five summer movies? So we'll do number five, four, three and we'll circles. We'll start with uh, Trample. What's your number five? Well, uh- I have to raise my hand here real quick. I just want a point of clarification, um, yes, and I'm sorry to sorry to interrupt. How dare uh, you? Trample. Well, this is what I do. Right, I'm much more polite during the podcast. If this was uh, if this was normal, David, shut up, cat. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is this the top five movies set in the summer, or the top five summer blockbusters? Because I did make two lists. It's your choice. Top five summer movies that you like to watch in the summer. Oh, well, that that's not clarifying at all. So I will, <laughs> I, I will, I will have to ponder this as I'm listing them off. But don't uh, be difficult. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I went with. I took this to mean uh, top top five summer movies. I interpret as the movies that I watched the most over the summers at various points in my life. And I'm somebody, you know, I've been, I've been playing Clash of Clans since 2014. I've made the same attack with a lot of bases many, many times. I have watched some movies far more times than I should have watched. So I'm, I have decided on the movies that I watched the most during the summer. Okay. At various stages in my life. So number right. <laughs> number five, I'm going with Howard the Duck. I don't know if either of you guys have ever seen Howard the Duck. It's a Never terrible have. It's a terrible film. It's like the main character is like like a puppet that's like a duck. He's like, oh he's like two and a half feet tall. I think when I was like maybe twelve, I watched that movie probably twice a day, every day over the entire summer. <laughs> like VHS cassette, watch the movie, I rewind it, I put it back on and watch it again. It's a horrible, horrible film oh that I've watched. It's one of the highest 
time the the in terms of count of the most times i've watched a movie it is one of the the movies i've watched more times than nearly any other so that that is coming in as my number five. Oh my word <laughs> so what's yours when i was 12 right before i turned 13 we had an out-of-town swim meet it was like an all-star meet so we the swimmers from houston traveled to fort lauderdale and one of the swimmers dads came with him and so at the end of the trip i aliens 2 was in the theaters <laughs> So, you know, we had like nothing to do. The trip was over um, for us. And so we went like one night and watched Aliens 2. Aliens, uh, the second one is Aliens, just with an S. Okay, so okay. Aliens. The the guy whose dad came along was like, I don't approve of this. So his dad, like at the same time we're watching Aliens, he's watching Howard the Duck in the theater. <laughs> so... <laughs> right. My number five is Endless Summer. It's about finding the perfect wave. Um, a beautiful movie, beautiful soundtrack. It just screamed summer to me. Now it was released, you know, plenty of years before I was born, but um, it just is summertime to me. Nice. My number five is Independence Day, and I know it's a U.S. holiday movie, but it's just a, fu- a fun movie. It's got action and aliens. And I remember seeing that in the theater. And when they got toward the end, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Independence Day, plug your ears. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> when, when he flies the jet up into you know the alien weapon and winds mm-hmm. up destroying the ship, I'm going to say at least a quarter of the audience in the movie theater literally stood up and started clapping. And like the entire audience erupted, cheering and clapping as if it was really our world under attack. And it's one of the most engaging moments I have ever seen in a movie theater. And it was, it was unbelievable. Like it was almost like it was scripted. I I could not believe the the response. And I also think it's it's a great film. What's your number four trample? Okay, so sticking along the same lines of you know stuff that I've watched a lot uh, over the course of the summer, uh, it's a slightly, slightly different bend than Howard the Duck. There, it won the Academy Award for Best Picture, I think, in 1999. Is the movie Shakespeare in Love, which I think was released in December, so it's you know <laughs> was not released in summer, and it's not an epic action film. But the summer after that came out, I was I was probably also doing something very similar, where I was watching it like once or twice a day. And it's got a great script and it's got great acting and it is definitely one of my favorite movies and something that I spent a ton of time watching in, I think, the summer of 2000. Nice. Fatal, what's yours? Days and Confused. So, you know, last days of school in 1970s Texas, they, that movie is just, it is the coming of age movie for my generation. And I will, I will brook no arguments on that. I love that movie. My number four is Greece, because who doesn't like to see John Travolta dance? Nice. It's actually so my my number three is also a John Travolta. It's Pulp Fiction. Oh. I I think the summer of ninety five, because I think it came out in ninety four. The summer of ninety five, I watched that movie again. It was one of those like you know VHS in re- rewind and watch it again. I probably watched it an average of once one and a half to two times a day over the course of that summer. I it is such a a unique film that had so many memorable scenes and so many memorable characters, uh, one of which, of course, being uh, John Travolta's character. Beto, what's your number three? Number three is Point Break. Um, I just love love that movie, too. It's, it's, it's corny. Um, it's got 
Lori Petty giving it to Keanu Reeves, like, you know, Johnny Utah, who cares? You know, <laughs> love that movie. Completely agree with that one. I point break was it's it is absolutely it's one of the ones that I thought of that if I had had a top six, that would have been my number six. My number three is Stand By Me. I read the book and then I watched the movie and I thought just an incredible, incredibly well done movie. Because usually mm-hmm. Stephen King movies do not translate well to screen. I will There's- agree that is a very good transition from from page to screen. Yeah. What's your number two? It would be summer after it came out. I watched. So my wife had started working at uh, the same casino that I was working at at the time. She was working as like a cashier at one of their like quick serve food outlets that was open until like two in the morning. And I spent most of that summer on the days that she was working, watching the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring over and over and over. Even today, I, if somebody put that movie on and I had the opportunity to speak the lines for the characters as they were being spoken, I would probably hit 80, 85% perfectly because of how much I watched that movie. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that one. Fatal. Well, my number two has already been listed. I I'm I, it's independence day. Um, I watched that in an altered state when in the theaters, <laughs> uh, in 1996, I think. Um, so it wasn't like standing up and cheering. There was more like a, and that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. My number two is the Goonies. Oh, that's a fun movie. Yes, very much so. What's your number one trample? So this would be the movie that I have watched. I think more than any other film, I guarantee you it was at least three times a day every day over the course of the summer when it came out the very original first jurassic park movie i watched so many times i think if i had to guess i'd say i've probably watched that movie 150 times over the course of the summer after it came out like literally just on on the tv nonstop all day long i don't know what else i accomplished that summer probably before (laughs) sixth or seventh grade but i watched a lot of jurassic park What's your number one? My number one is Top Gun. And you might say, well, which one? I could say, yes. <laughs> I think they're both great summer movies. Um, we saw Top Gun when it came out in theaters uh, both summers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's based in like the first one is like Southern California. I mean, there's plenty of sand and sea and volleyball scenes and, you know, something for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it was touch football in the second one. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that is just a great, I, this one came from my summer blockbuster one, but it was always going to be number one. Um, now, interestingly, and I, I do want to cut cat off here and not even let her get to number one. Um, <laughs> Shut up, I'm, so, <laughs> so I, I made, I made the two lists and what didn't make my top five when I kind of combined them just now, um, but made both lists was do the right thing. Um, it's a summer movie mm-hmm. and it was a blockbuster summer movie. And that movie just blew my mind because I was always a suburban kid and you're just like, dang, people have it hard. People have it real bad. And like, you're lucky to have what you have. You should appreciate it. And, and yeah, that, that movie just was eye opening to me when I saw it when I was much younger. I'm sorry, Kat. 
you're number one. So you're saying I should just spend a few raid medals instead of complaining about the timer on the training post. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nah. Not My number one is the classic Jaws. Because it just, you know, it just screams summer. And it's a summer movie. Yeah. So for and sure. it just, the musical score is just, there's nothing like it. Like you hear that music and it's like, oh, there's the shark. And it's, yes, it's a really tacky mechanical shark named Bruce. <laughs> but in my today's standards, the special effects are not great. But it just, it's, it's, it scares you, right? So yeah, that's my number one. Definitely great music. We saw, my son and I went and saw at the Smith Center here in Las Vegas. It's a, you know, performing arts location where the, the, the Las Vegas Philharmonic performs. And they did a Music of John Williams event that we went and saw. And it was, you know, like the whole second half was all like Star Wars stuff, but they did mm-hmm. have you know, some, some like Harry Potter music and, and, um, some day at Jurassic Park they played a few songs from and they also did uh, John Williams did the theme music for Jaws and it was really yeah. cool hearing a full-scale orchestra play a couple of tunes from Jaws it was really like it had this like just really cool vibe that it created in in the uh, auditorium there it was really nice yeah it really did they do me. did they do any of the Olympics music too because it's like all this iconic orchestra mu- music chances are he had a hand in it they did not. They did. They also did like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and I know I'm missing. Oh, and Indiana Jones. Um, and then like the whole second half was like all Star Wars stuff. That's amazing. I mean, what he's he done. is. He's a legend. Yeah. An absolute legend. He's somehow still. He's alive. He's like in his nineties. Somehow. But I, well, I, I mean, he's he, he's old. He's a robot now. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow he's still breathing and kicking. Okay, so with this podcast, I have killed John Williams, evidently. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some shout-outs. Trample? Yeah. Um, I'm terrible at this. I, you know, there's the easy one of just saying, you know, shout-out to you guys for, for getting things started and, uh, you know, being like, I think like the, the, I don't know if anybody's got a longer running uh, or more well-regarded podcast than you guys. Um, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, if I'm, if I'm going beyond the, the easy and obvious I have uh, in the good guys family, there are a couple of people that do an absolute monstrous amount of work for the clan. Um, Shoddy is the, you know, like I, I'm technically leader in all these clans because I have an account sitting in leader position, but then there's like the people that actually run the day to day. Shoddy in the good guys, um, Roy in the good guys two, um, young barbarian in the good guys three, Darth Ludalot in the good guys four. Um, I don't actually know who's running good guys five right now. It might be me. I think I'm also running Good Guys Six, um, Shartak, and Good Guys Seven, uh, and then also uh, a big shout out uh, f- to Congressman Coolrick for getting me started in a lot of stuff. He's been he was really encouraging to me in when I first started posting stuff on Reddit. He was very very helpful, very kind in helping me you know grow. I mean, I have a following. I have like 600 followers on Reddit, which is apparently a thing. Uh, but he was really helpful, and he was super helpful in getting me started on the podcast. And then also a special thanks to Storm, who uh, joined the Good Guys family late December when I did uh, the One Star Extravaganza War. And she's done so much for organizing the clans and getting them all, uh, almost all the people in the clans onto Discord and getting their bases linked with like the Clash Perk Spot and stuff. Like She's done so much stuff behind the scenes to help the clan family running along uh, really well. So uh, those are those are my shout outs. Awesome. Fatal, what have you got? 
Mine are, mine are not as long. Um, and that, that there's no hidden humor in that, by the way. Um, it's cool that yeah, you're just ripping off these people off the top of your head. I would have confused numbers and names in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> but I have one shout out this week, and that's to our dear, lovely cat who puts up with my baloney. Um, she is the real engine behind this podcast. Um, she is the one who is really, really driving this. Um, I'm more like a permanent guest than a co-host at this point. Um, but I promise, you know, as, as baseball winds down, as, as this stuff winds down, as that stuff winds down, my goal is to do everything I can to make her load lighter. Oh, thank you. My shout outs are to Trample for coming on the show so early in the morning, especially since it was your birthday weekend. So happy birthday. Thank you. And a big shout out to Peter. He's super busy in real life, but he still finds time to play Clash and help out with Redthorn and to check up on me to make sure I'm not falling into complete pieces. So a big thank you to him. Yeah. How bad has it gotten that it's it's me sitting here in the quote unquote co-host seat? Yeah. <laughs> a shout out to you too, Peter. And thank you, everybody, for listening. The CFF is a family of clans who love to play games such as Clash of Clans and Clash Royale, among others. You can send questions or comments to us on Twitter at RedthornCOC. To get more information on our clans, events, and podcasts, join the CFF Discord at discord.gg slash clashbots. <laughs> <laughs>